You're listening to City Church Long Beach Sermons. Visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org. So I'm Bill White. I am one of the pastors here at City Church, and it is really good to be together. Uh, Just, yeah, it was super fun last week to connect with uh, people, some people online and some people in person at the beach at dawn. Uh, And God willing, in a few months, we'll be... I don't know, I maybe even doing that again more regularly. Imagine that. So should be quite the adventure. So um, we are in a sermon series or teaching series. We're, we're starting off today where we're talking about um, losing and finding. And I, you know, a lot, a lot of times in, uh, the Christian tradition, we tend to have binaries. It's one or the other. But the thesis for, for, this, for this series is actually holding both together. And the emphasis really is on the and. That what if we didn't just, just lose or just find? What if we were on a journey and we did some losing and we did some finding? Um, and that's kind of what we're, we're talking about. And today we're, we're jumping in on, on uh, what might be considered sort of a, a, one of the biggies. And we're talking about losing your faith and finding faith. Um, and I just want to, uh, I think there's a, oh, those who are well acquainted with Zoom will know that there's a magic button you can press. Um, let's see, it's in the reaction area where you can, uh, do a thumbs up, let's say, or you, for those on video, you can just show me a thumbs up. Sorry, I'm not very good at this stuff, but I wanna see a show of hands. How many people here know someone who has lost their faith? I'm, I'm seeing a lot of thumbs up. So interesting. How about that? Look at all those thumbs up, friends. Look at all those thumbs up. Yeah, so. This is not particularly surprising, right? Uh, City Church, we seem to have a particular affinity uh, for those of us at this stage in the spiritual journey uh, who feel like we've lost faith. And we're trying to figure out what, what have we found and how do we do both together? Um, and it's, it's, it's tricky, right? Because we're all over the place. Um, I met with... Uh, this week, I took two walks with two different guys in two different communities, two different ethnicities, two different ages and stages of life, and, and had the same conversation. And, and one of them is, is in a more progressive community, and one of them is in more of a conservative, more conservative community. And both of them kind of theologically and in some ways maybe even politically are are the flip side of their community so the progressive is in a more conservative community the conservatives in a more progressive community and both of of these men wanted to talk about losing their faith and how unhelpful their community has been for them and how they long for a safer place to go on this journey, to lose and find both together. 
because there probably are some things that are helpful to lose. And there probably are some things that are helpful to find. So today we're gonna kick off uh, with uh, a bit of Psalm 119. So for those who've been around this religion thing, Psalm 119 has more verses in it than any other chapter of the Bible. The thing is forever long. Uh, you should get like some kind of medal or something if you read all the way through it. And it's, it's a prayer. And this prayer, it's, it's an acrostic, which is just a fancy word for, um, an, it's an alphabet song. Okay, an alphabet song is where you start every verse with a different letter. So the first, eight, it, it's the set of eight verses. And the first eight verses start with the letter A, and then the second with the letter B, except it's in Hebrew, so it's not the letter A and B, but you get the idea. And so it's super long. It goes through the entire alphabet. And it's all about uh, how God speaks to us. And this, this longing for God to speak to us, this reflection on how God has spoken to us. And, you know, I was brought up in my own faith tradition, seeing it in, in one way where it was about the Bible and uh, just how great the Bible is. You got to study the Bible, memorize the Bible, teach the Bible, tell everyone about the Bible. I read through it again this week and realized, I don't think that's what it's about. But you can go and read it and you can figure out yourself what you think it's about which is fine. Ultimately, I think what, what the author, it's probably authors, right? I mean, this huge long chapter is probably written by a number of people. They probably worked on it together, and made it really hum, this poem. But it's ultimately about feeling disconnected from God and how to reconnect. And it starts off, I mean, there's, there are all these themes that run through it, but one of these themes is that the authors are looking at other people saying, ha, you're disconnected from God. Um, so like, if you look at, at uh, verse, nine, verse nine and verse 53, the first, it, it's how can a young person keep their way pure? It's all about purity. And those who don't match up to purity are called the wicked. Right? That's good religious language, right? And it's really nice that it's out there, right? Those people are the wicked. And another point, it talks about uh, the authors are, are, are saying, hey, God, uh, you reject all who stray. Which is kind of a bummer because like we all raised our hands and I have a feeling when we raised our hands, the people that we were thinking of who lost their faith might not have been someone else. It might've been us right? We were raising our hands. And so here, here the author of this big prayer, this big important book of the Bible or chapter of the Bible is saying, God rejects everyone who strays. You guys are out. You're done. And then <laughs> there's this great line in verse 113. The author writes, I hate the double-minded. Oh, those terrible people who struggle with doubt. Can you imagine? 
being double-minded, not always being absolutely clear and confident, certain about your faith. Then, then, then they go on and they, they talk about those who, who invest in selfish gain and focus on worthless things in verse 36 and 37. And there's all this kind of externalizing, right, of others, like the bad people who lose their faith, who doubt, who struggle, who are worldly, all these things, right? Those people, those people, right? But then there's, there's some self-reflection that go, goes on also. And, and the author at one point says, God, would, would you look on my suffering? Because it, it's not just moral purity, moral failure that might lead to a disconnection to God, focusing on other things or doubt or straying. It's also suffering. Helps this sense of dislocation, disorientation. And then, then there's this sort of personally kind of revealing moment when the author writes, my eyes fail looking for your promise. I say, when will you comfort me? That the author, the author of the psalm is saying like, God, you're not keeping your word. You're not showing up. That's why I feel disconnected. And all along, particularly as the author is sharing some of these words about other people, you know, those people, not feeling connected to God, not being connected, not being morally pure, struggling with doubt. You get the sense that there's a lot of projection going on. All right, maybe, maybe this is actually what's going on inside of the authors. And it peeks out in a few, few moments when they become really honest themselves. I don't know if you're aware of having this experience. It seems to happen to me whenever my children come home from college. Um, but uh, you know, if I have a hard day at work and feel like I didn't do a good job and I'm angry at myself, the appropriate response is yell at your children, right? And this is clearly what we should do. Blame them, right? I mean, hello, this like parenting 101. Like get upset with your children when they do something small because you're actually feeling insecure about being a parent or insecure about providing or in, anxious about money or whatever it is. This is what we do. There's a sense of projecting onto the others the emotions and the angst, the struggles that we're having ourselves. And this, this author or authors, there's a sense they, they, they lost God in some ways. And they want to, blame someone else 
And then we get to the final verse, verse 176 of this poem. That's a long poem, guys. Verse 176, and this is going to be our scripture reading for today. And finally, the author gets to this moment of truth-telling. So I'm going to ask Deanna Weeder. Uh, Deanna, uh, could you unmute? Uh, are you out there somewhere? Yes, I'm here. Oh, hey, Deanna, outside in the backyard. Um, could you read our scripture for us today uh, from Psalm 119? Yes, of course. I have strayed like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I have not forgotten your commands. People of God, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks to you. What a great verse. I, I have strayed like a lost sheep. It's me. I mean, re remember earlier, the author literally said, you reject those who stray. And yet here's the author saying, ah, I've strayed. And here's, here's the author saying, look, I have strayed and yet I still, I still want you. I haven't forgotten your commands. There's still a longing in me to connect, to learn, to follow. That's called double-mindedness, right? Like I've strayed, I still believe, right? That's exactly what back in whatever verse it was, uh, verse 113, I hate the double-minded. <laughs> Hello, do you see the conversation going on in their own mind and heart? Like, oh, I hate this in me, I struggle so much. I'm in and I'm out. I doubt, I stray. No doubt I struggle with moral purity. I do bad things. I am the wicked. And yet there's, there's something really beautiful here. Because finally, in, in, the, last, in the last verse, the author gets there. She, she names what she's hidden from herself this whole time. And isn't this you and me? And that's one of the reasons why we pray so badly. It's actually really good to pray bad because by the end of your bad prayer, you might have gotten somewhere. <laughs> Right? You might have figured out some things about what's going on. Katie and I take a date night every week. And literally, I mean, date nights are so predictable. You could call them boring, but they're not. We just ask three questions. How are you? How are we? And how can I pray for you? And literally, without fail, every date night, it and all we do, that's, all we that's all we do on date night. We go out to dinner. And we ask those three questions. And then we take a walk and we pray for each other. But it takes three hours of processing. How are you? Really? Oh, tell me more about that. Tell me, you know, and then how are we? Because there's inevitably been some bumps during the week. 
And then that last question, how can I pray for you? This is like in the third hour or sometimes the fourth hour. It takes me that long to figure out like, you know what? This is what's going on for me. Would you pray about this? I mean, there is no way I would have gotten there in the first hour. I mean, there's no chance. I'm not even close. I'm just like, uh, you know, the, the person writing this psalm. It takes 175 verses of processing, of thinking, of talking to get to this spot saying, yeah, I see how I've strayed. And maybe along the way, I've done a lot of condemning of others. A lot of shaming of myself, a lot of blaming. But finally, I can get to this point of acknowledging, here's where I am. I've lost something. I've, I've become lost. And that is a thing of beauty to name that. Because notice, it's not just naming the lostness, right? The, the, the second half of that verse is, is the author, he, he says, seek your servant. I haven't forgotten your ways. I, I hunger for you. I need you. I want you. Like, oh my gosh, is that so beautiful? Like there's still desire. There's still longing. And maybe we need to move past the shame and blame of others and ourselves to get to this sense of, yeah, I feel disconnected. And yet I found this longing in me, this hunger, this this need. Let me come back. Come find me. I was talking earlier uh, this year to an old friend, a dear, dear old friend, and I've known her for over 20 years. And we're sitting out on, uh, on this porch, watching the thunderstorms roll by and the lightning and talking about our spiritual journeys. And she was sharing how she's gotten lost, how she's, she's given up church, she's given up her faith, how she's had to deconstruct. And, and it's just, her story was a thing of beauty. But, but she couldn't hear it. She couldn't hear the longing, the, the hunger. That, yeah, there, there was some lostness, but she had found something deeper underneath and the kindness of her life, the kinds of questions that she was asking, the way that she serves and does justice. I was, I was just so stunned by the beauty of it. And at the end, at the end, I just said to her, I said, you have such a great spiritual journey. 
And I, I, I told her, I asked her, I said, hey, can I share a little bit about this? Uh, I, I checked in with her this week and asked her if I could share. And I said, you know, I realize as a pastor, I'm supposed to condemn you for being a heretic, but I actually think you're a role model for the rest of us. <laughs> and she laughed and um, because she realizes there is this sense in which she is doing the very things of God. She's listening to others. She's trying to discard some of her religion and uncover that deep desire. And it's an anxious place. It's a little bit like our psalmist here, the author who, who's writing this and saying, I feel lost. Seek your servants. I'm still yours. And that's exactly where she is. And I think that's where a lot of us are. Um, I, I want to take a moment and, and press pause on this. We're going to circle back around to a couple of, of the themes here about losing and finding faith. But I wanted to hear another story. This is a story of a friend of ours, um, Ruben Van Gaer. Uh, Ruben, are you out there? Hi, I'm here. <laughs> Good. Hey, buddy. Thanks for being with us. And uh, Ruben, how long have you been around City Church, Ruben? A few years now. Um, what, like four? Yeah, yeah, for a while. On and off. On and off. <laughs> On and off. Yeah, there you go. On and off. Um, but I thought it would be helpful for us to hear a little bit of your story about maybe finding faith, losing faith, finding faith again, maybe losing it again, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, tell us a little bit about you. Um, Ruben was baptized a year ago here at City Church. Um, but, but tell us about you. Tell us a little about, about your growing up story, finding faith. Start, we'll start there. Uh, family, a little bit about your, your family dynamics and a little bit about your religion kind of growing up. Um, yeah, I grew up in a, I grew up in a, in a toxic family, um, going to a, what I would say now a toxic church, um, and you know just one of those forced forced to go, you know, had to had to pretend to listen, and, um, <laughs> like like you're doing like today. Yeah, like I was doing just now. <laughs> And um, and it was it was always really strange to me. Um, you know, church was supposed to be what you know, make it. They make it seem like it's this safe grounds, you know. Um, and I'm sure it is for some, but like it was. I noticed a lot of even as a kid, a lot of uh, a lot of hatred, a lot of anger. You know, um, growing up. Uh, my dad telling me, you know, being gay is a sin, uh, being this is a sin, being, uh, you know, we're, blacks are less, shit like that. <laughs> and it was always, it was always a shock. Um, and I always felt in my heart that it wasn't right, you know. Um, and as soon as I was old enough to like, <laughs> run, I guess, <laughs> I stopped going. <laughs> All right. How, how old was that? How, how was that? How old were you when you sort of stopped uh, probably like 13 I was like that's when the rebellion began um, and I it's totally started to hate everything about my parents everything about the church um, 
everything about religion. I still do have some hatred towards, towards all of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, did you hate some other things as well? I mean, I mean, was it was your whole life sort of full of of this kind of uh, negativity? Yeah. Point? Yeah. It was all the same, you know. Uh, gays are bad, blacks are less. Doing this and that is a sin, and it was just the whole time. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, uh, I knew that it wasn't, it wasn't even as a kid, like not knowing anything. I still don't know anything, but I, I felt like it was wrong. It wasn't right, um, and I, I didn't want any part of it. So, so tell me a little bit about losing religion. Like, so you take a break at 13 until what, for maybe 10 years? 13 to like 21. Yeah. And, yeah, and you took time off. And, and what was that like to dismantle what you believed and what, what else was going on in your yeah, life? Yeah, it was just, it was, uh, I kind of just fell into this very, very black hole um, kind of self-destruction, um, just drinking and being, <laughs> I was very angry at that time with God. Um, and, um, and that's funny because I would be drunk and uh, have a lot of angry, angry uh, conversations with God. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I just felt like I wanted to believe because like, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to have something to hold on to, some, something to go to. And, uh, and I was angry about it because I, I didn't like the way that it was made out to be. Uh, so tell me a little bit about the journey towards God. Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, you were baptized a little over a year ago. Like, how did that journey happen? How is it different than the first time around? Um, just tell us a little bit about that. Well, I, again, I wanted to, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to believe in, in, uh, in something greater than, than myself. I wanted to be a part of a community, um, a loving community, um, you know, accepting and, and I, um, I got baptized. Yeah, I started going to city church once I found out that you had your own, you know, you started your own kind of thing. And, <laughs> and, and um, I was, I was really, I was really uh, shocked you know, um, at everything that you were doing. And I, I felt like, uh, there was a safe place to be, you know, where people, uh, of all colors of all, you know, all types of people can go uh, and you let me in. So <laughs> well, that's because you played chess with me. I'll let in anyone who plays chess. <laughs> so, and it was, it was nice to, to see that. And it's nice even now to, to, to be a part of it. Um, I really respect and appreciate everything that you're doing and, and all the people in city church. Um, it's just nice to feel like we're, we're kind of moving, moving along and, and opening our eyes a bit and, yeah. you know, just accepting others because we're all really on the same boat, you know, mm -hmm. just, it's just, uh, it's a shame that so much, uh, so much, uh, so many religions and churches, uh, can break up so many families yeah. yeah so talk with me a little bit about the last 18 months or so 
so you were baptized, what, 12, 14 months ago, but it seems like you've been on this, this journey and that you're in a pretty different place now, even than when you were you know, baptized. Um, and what's been shifting for you? What, what does the spiritual journey look like for you? Uh, do you have it all figured out now, basically, is what I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, I got it all down. I know everything. <laughs> no, it's been it's been great. It's been a it's been a fun ride. I'm, you know, I'm just trying to. You're, you're you know, as a kid, you're kind of like a sponge and you are taking everything in and like now. Not being such a kid, I have to like really. Uh, take a lot of it out you know I'm trying to learn a lot more uh and unlearn especially a lot of things and and it's looking good I uh <laughs> how, how are you doing that what I mean what what what, what how do you how do you do that I'm, I'm uh a lot of reading a lot of reading uh, on books on on uh on racism uh, on anti-racism uh and uh books on uh, LGB and I, uh, thank you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just a lot of reading and, and, and talking to people and, and uh, I started therapy. Um, I'm in some groups. Uh, the groups aren't called like, they're not, it's not like a, uh, like a, they're not, they're not groups to, uh, you know, talk about gay people it's just it's just it's a more so to get a better understanding on what they go through um and and what we can do to be a little more accepting of, of everyone um because we're all really the same you know yeah and do you pray yeah yeah i do i pray every day now <laughs> they're nice really yeah yeah they're nice prayers they're not a <laughs> They're not so. Uh, they're not so bad. They're not so angry. Not not, not the angry drunk prayers. Yeah, they're not the angry. Yeah, no, man. It was those were. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're 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 coming along. I'm coming along. So. Oh man, uh, Ruben, you're a good man, and I just so appreciate you. Just you know, just sharing a little bit of your story, um, with us today. We're you guys. Uh, Ruben's going to play a song for us in a, in a couple of minutes that he wrote about <laughs> this journey. Right, dude? Are you going to do that? Yeah, thank you. Thank you all, uh, everyone here. Uh, I admire a lot of you, and I have so much respect for City Church and the pastor sometimes. Hey, we're, uh, we're glad to be on the journey with you, friend. So thanks, and uh, we'll hear you uh, here in a few minutes. Appreciate you, buddy. Oh, man. What what a story, right? I mean, kind of intense. I mean, let, let's let's acknowledge, like, ooh, that was uh, that was intense. Some of our stories are like that, are are that intense. Um, but you can hear exactly what the author of that psalm was saying, right? Right. I, I, I'm lost. I'm I've strayed. Seek me. I still remember your teachings. Right there, there was always the longing. And you hear that now in Reuben. I hear it when I talk to Katie on our date nights. 
there's this longing, there's a lostness and a longing. And maybe that's part of what it means to be found. There's a guy named Christian Wyman. He's a poet uh, that my son introduced me to. Uh, and he said this in an interview that I just, oof, it was so helpful for me. This is what he said. He said, doubt is woven into faith and cannot be separated from it. And I'm convinced that the same God that might call me to sing of God at one time, at another time, might call me to sing of Godlessness. God may call people to unbelief so that faith can take new forms. Wow. What if all of us are on the same journey where we can be both lost and found, where doubt and faith are not necessarily enemies, but friends? And the invitation is towards this authentic, real journey towards God, becoming more like Christ. Learning new ways of, of, of being who we really are and discarding, discarding some of the hate, the rigidity, the shaming, the blaming, the self-loathing. And that can be terrifying because losing our faith can be so disorienting and very disorienting for those around us. And so what if we became a safe community for people on that journey, for those who are losing faith and for those who are finding faith? What if we became that safe place for people? I want to close with a story and then our, our elder, Megan Williams, is going to pray for us. But I met uh, with a friend from the neighborhood um, 10 days ago, two weeks ago. And he grew up in the church and lost his faith because of some tragic suffering in his family that he just could not make sense of how there could be a God when people had died, been killed. And we've been friends for a number of years. We, we've talked often uh, in the past about his atheism and, and we were out for, for, for a walk. And uh, I asked him, I said, hey, tell me a little bit about your, your spiritual journey, what that, what that looks like. And you know, kind of his initial response is, well, you know, I don't really have a spiritual journey. I said, oh, no, 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 you totally do. Their values you have, beliefs you have, their practices. There's, you know, I know you. You're a deep guy. You're super thoughtful, and I, I've got a lot to learn. So, so talk with me about about your journey. And we just ended up having this wonderful conversation. And towards the end of it, he says, "Well, and there, there is one other thing. And th this is this is my friend, the atheist, <laughs> who's you know, he is so great." He says, you know, I, 
I have started doing this one little thing. I said, what's that? Tell me. He said, well, in the mornings when I get up, I, uh, I get down on the floor to be sort of grounded. I said, oh, wow, that's neat. Yeah, it, that sounds like a good experience. Do you do anything there or do you just sit? He says, well, I sit or sometimes I actually get on my knees. I said, oh. And he said, and, and I say a couple of things and that's it. I said, well, well tell me what you say. <laughs> and he kind of holds back a little bit. <laughs> and he says, well, it's, not, it's nothing really. I said, well, tell me, what, what do you say? He said, I just say two things. All right. He says, I, as I'm kneeling on the floor in the dark, I say, thank you. And then a moment later, I say, help me. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's the best thing I ever heard. That, that's far better than I pray. I was just so, I mean, just talking about boiling it down to this journey of saying, I, I am grateful and I have needs. Talk about a man who's, who's lost and who's found and can hold both. And I think, man, that's, that's the journey I want to go on. It's the same journey that Ruben's on and the same journey that that you, my friends, are on.